morning, Dubbo, and welcome to Behind the Lights with me, Seb. And me, Jono. As always, we pay respect to the traditional custodians of the land we are coming from, the Gadigal people of the Aurora Nation. And on today's episode, we had the privilege of sitting down with Bryce Deedon, one of the head coaches for the John Moriarty Foundation in Dubbo. We went through his experiences um, through the foundation, obviously his own coaching ambitions. Um, so here it is. All right, Bryce. Welcome to uh, Behind the Lights. Um, I guess, first of all, congratulations on uh, winning or getting a scholarship for the Football Coaches Australia um, X-Venture Essential Program. Um, how did it feel getting that scholarship and being awarded um, that prize um, in terms of um, hopefully enhancing your coaching down the track? Uh, yeah, definitely was um, very excited getting the news. Um, it's a really good program that I'm learning lots of stuff already, um, really high quality content and it's uh, really relative to bring into the environment that I'm coaching in at the moment and then give me the future skills uh, for when I do uh, progress through my career. So it's been brilliant. So I'm very thankful. And was this also, I guess, an important step in terms of, I guess, encouraging and supporting Indigenous football coaches um, and hopefully, obviously, helping um, young Indigenous kids and, and play people um, going into the coaching uh, spectrum, I guess, and realm? Yeah, definitely. So, you know, outside of, you know, your standard sort of coaching procedures that you study, uh, this is this is involved with a lot of emotional intelligence and talking about how different players are motivated and all the different environments that sort of affect a player, um, you know, within your team and how you can deal with that. So definitely given the tools for us in our communities to understand that, um, well, first of all, every player is an individual. Um, and as well as giving us the insight into, you know, how different minds might work and see if we can line them up with the kids we have in the program. Yeah, that's great. So now even taking it back a little bit as well, can you just explain to us a little bit how you even just got involved with the John Moriarty Foundation to start with and just kind of take us through your little journey of, of joining the John Moriarty Foundation? Yeah, so I started uh, in July of 2019. Um, I was along uh, with the uh, launch of the program, I was working uh, to support them in their launch. And so once I found out they were hiring coaches uh, within the program, it was something that I wanted to do was give the opportunity to indigenous kids um, in rural areas um, to sort of have the similar opportunities I had. Uh, well, I was lucky enough to get um, as I started going through school and different areas of football. So. Once I, you know, found found out that they were hiring, I put the name in the hat and luckily I was selected and yeah, it's been an incredible journey ever since. And um, not only for the program, but for myself, I've, I've definitely felt that um, it's helped me with, you know, being a better person in general, to be honest. Did you have any other coaching experience before um, joining the foundation, Bryce? Uh, yes, so I mean, apart from community one-on-one stuff, I mean, I've been playing football since, you know, I was 10, 11 years old. Um, so always trying to stay involved, whether I'm playing or coaching. Um, I went over to the States for five years on a scholarship. Um, and through injury, I found a love in uh, coaching. So still being able to be connected with the game. Um, I was uh, lucky enough to be uh, the head coach of the goalkeepers um, in my soccer program over in the States, uh, also the assistant coach to the men's and women's sides. So that sort of really um, kicked everything off, went from zero to 100. 
some might say, um, but just getting that sort of uh, different love of football. You know, it's it's different to playing. It's it's uh, helping others as well. So, um, yeah, it really started from there. And then once I got back into Australia, um, I started coaching in the under-20 NPL 4s for the Western New South Wales Football Club out this way. Um, and from there, that's pretty much where my life sort of lined up with JMF and here we are. Been going yeah. through, um, sorry, go ahead. No, no, continue, continue. So uh, get going, Bryce. No, just just uh, some great opportunities through JMF, working with uh, obviously a lot of talented kids, um, lots of kids from different uh, backgrounds and um, given the opportunity to go through my licensing through the FA system as well, which is great. Was that probably the biggest motivation in terms of joining JMF, the chance to work with um, obviously predominantly um, Aboriginal kids, but obviously a lot of remote communities um, and kids from, as you said, from different cultural backgrounds? Definitely. So um, I think the the biggest thing for me, like I said, when I come back to Australia, I wanted to look into how I can make a difference in a young Indigenous footballer's life. Um, so... Uh, you know, like it's sort of like a star aligned moment. I had, I had the exact same interest that JMF were already had been succeeding in um, and just was right place, right time sort of thing. So um, being able to reach out to these rural areas and meet these incredible, incredibly talented kids, um, you know, it's it's been, yeah, a dream, sort of a dream. Um, but not, not, not only the talented kids, but also working with kids who have never played football before and finding love um for the sport that you know I've, I've invested so much of my life into which is great yeah and you talk about you know kind of going into those rural areas and everything what are some of the positive effects you've actually seen you know even particularly in your area or some of the other areas that um the morati foundation have supported in in instituting these football programs and everything yeah i think uh biggest thing is just like i said seeing kids who have never touched uh football in their life just uh, grabbing the concept uh, when we first started out here, everyone's bringing a rugby league ball to school, all that sort of stuff. But within a couple of weeks, everyone's got a football, which is great. Um, so the kids clearly enjoy it. Um, I think it's brilliant how our program is using the football as the gate to tackle other issues such as, you know, physical health, mental health. Um, and, you know, I think uh, if you ask all our teachers in our school programs, we are starting to see, a lot better attendance rates from our Indigenous students. Um, you know, everyone wants to come out for JMF. Um, so, yeah, that's that's been a huge uh, plus for not only the community, but um, hopefully the nation. Absolutely. In terms of, I guess, some of the positive sides of it, also have you, has there been some times where it's been difficult in terms of some of the, I guess, kids and, and sort of the backgrounds they have come from? Obviously dealing with that, um, obviously within your context and obviously trying to connect that with, with the education and, and side of their life? Uh, yeah, definitely. There's, uh, there's, there's a lot of, um, you know, the, you, you learn about certain kids in your communities and you build these relationships with them um, through school and through our sessions and you sort of find out sort of what goes on in their lives day to day and it really does open up your eyes, um, you know, to realise how lucky, say, myself was growing up. Um, so yeah being a part of these kids lives and hopefully giving them that uh supportive enjoyable uh, enjoyable uh environment to express themselves properly um is going to change them for good so for example we've had a couple of kids who um you know 
not going through the best of times uh, for a majority of their lives, but you know, um, we've been they've been a part of our program for almost two years now. Um, now we're starting to see them turn into school leaders, so SRC members, you know, school captains, class captains, and for kids that you know wouldn't say three words to you at the start, coming up to running up, high five, and you know, just absolutely telling you everything that's happened in their day ever <laughs> is just yeah, that's one of the best best moments. That's awesome. And I guess from your time joining in 2019, how have you seen the Moriarty Foundation grow? So obviously, it's expanding into the programs it's going to be involving, but obviously, um, I guess the amount of coaches as well as the amount of kids that are now part of the program. Yeah, so, I mean, from when uh, JMF first started, uh, they were seeing 120 Indigenous kids a week um, to now where we've had our four hubs open up across, uh, you know, which covers 18 satellite communities. Um, you know, we're seeing 2,000 Indigenous kids a week. So that's sort of a little bit of a snapshot into showing how quickly everything's grown since 2019. Um, but definitely in, in, Dubbo, in the Dubbo region, um, you know, we've, we've, got, uh, we've gone from having two full-time coaches to six. Um, we have a 50-50 gender split within all the hubs of our coaching staff um, or the, what we're striving to do beg your pardon um and so we're, we're getting pretty close to that at the moment with i think throughout the 40 staff members we have 60 40 men to women which is uh really positive so yeah the, the organization itself obviously growing each and every week that comes by um and just seeing again the kids and the way they develop not only physically through football but socially through the um other programs we run whether it's well-being or you know just getting everyone to have a yarn that's uh that's that's it for what, what we're doing it's just brilliant so in terms of the growth i mean that sounds incredible that you grow from you know roughly 120 to 2000 in, in that short a period of time as well um where would you say what's like the age group that you're actually seeing most of that growth or is it quite evenly spread throughout um all ages um, it's, so mainly you'll see in like your primary school ages, uh, we do deal with a lot of primary school, um, deliveries. So, you know, six to 12, especially, um, we do have other programs that run into the high schools as well. So, but you do see a lot more involvement from that, um, you know, K to six. So yeah, six years to 12 years, key grassroots age groups. And Bryce, do you see a real love for football, especially in those younger age groups? Obviously, we know NRL and AFL, especially in this country, are so dominant um, in terms of the work they do with Aboriginal communities. Do you see a real love, though, in these communities for, for the game of football? Yeah, I think it's definitely growing. Like I said, uh, we, we would come into a community and there's all rugby league balls everywhere. But now we're seeing kids joining our program. We're seeing footballs out on the... Um, on the on the school ovals, uh, we've, we're seeing some of our kids who've never played before enrolling into clubs. Um, it's it's just all about coming out here and and showing what you know what football can do for a, for a child and their community. So um, yeah, I mean it's just all about listening to the community once we're here and identifying where we can help, um, and then working along with the community to support. Um, them as well to create you know a, a, a very positive environment for social and physical growth of their kids has that involved 
you, I guess, as, as a coach and obviously going into these communities, gaining understanding for what, as you just mentioned, for what these communities actually need to help um, them grow and obviously them, hopefully, especially the kids, succeed through life and then obviously hopefully have a positive, um, you know, journey through your program? Yeah, absolutely. So um, each JMF hub is a community-led program. So all of our coaches being locals, uh, working closely with other organisations within the communities um, and then as well as, you know, breaking it all the way down to working with our landowners, our uh, community members, um, you know, our elders within each hub to really, you know, they know what's best for their community and we want to make sure that we're hand in hand and ensuring that we're doing the right thing for them as well so we can get the support we need from them when we ask for a little bit extra hands-on for the barbecues and whatnot. Yeah, like yeah, yeah, so, no, understandable, understandable. Now, I mean, going in and you're saying, you know, as, as you said, that you're seeing more and more footballs instead of these rugby balls kind of getting tossed around AFL and everything like that. What do you think from your own personal experiences is the thing that's going to lead to more Indigenous community, more Indigenous representation in football? What do you think needs to kind of lead that way? Like I said, it's, it's just about having programs such as, you know, the likes of JMF, um, getting out into the communities and just being there. Uh, we take pride in not being a fly-in, fly-out program. So we... We, like I said, we have a strong uh, relationship with the communities. Um, we're always tackling ongoing issues and anything else that might pop up and showing that investment into the kids and just being there all the time. You, you're going to see more kids enjoy their football. You're going to see more kids motivated to do better. So, you know, as long as you're there and you're not just going in for a weekend and we'll see you in 12 months, I think that's the biggest change that needs to happen throughout all of football in these especially obviously remote and rural areas again from your experience bryce why do you think there has been i guess such a lack of aboriginal indigenous representation especially at the national level so especially within say the men's game um probably the last you know name that was in the national team was jade north in terms of um a high profile name what do you think is still lacking obviously it's great to have foundations such as yourself with the moriarty foundation but why do you think there has been almost seemingly a little bit of a break or a gap between say your foundations and then obviously that elite level and producing um, these kids to be able to maybe one day represent Australia. I think it's a massive focus on, um, on the grassroots level. So, you know, out the, you know, out in most remote areas, you don't have a lot of access to, um, quality facilities like coaching and and equipment so not even you know there's a lot of kids out there who don't have boots to put on um so just getting getting the getting the um the product to the area and then it sort of it just sort of shapes itself footballs that kind of sport where it doesn't matter how tall or short you are you know how quick or slow you are it's everyone can get involved uh it's for all age groups and um i think football itself uh, pre presents so much more um, on the table for social development and working together in a team and in, in a supportive environment from both you and your opponent. So, Do you think that comes obviously down to, to funding's part of it in terms of, I guess, foundations such as yourself, but also making sure there's funding there, as you said, because football and sport in general can be an expensive practice um, once you do have yep. all the gear. Um, and I guess yep. the other important thing is obviously having role models for these 
young kids to look up to. You look at NRL and AFL, the amount of good, positive Indigenous and Aboriginal role models that are there for these kids to aspire to, um, I guess is something football would love to have as well. Yeah, so, I mean, off personal experience, obviously, um, working with JMF and what we are trying to do in our communities, it's not only about the kids. We are trying to enable the communities and the families to, yeah. to provide those sorts of um, opportunities. Yeah. So whether it be educating local members into, you know, your grassroots delivery and stuff like that, and then further, um, that's just going to increase the capacity that the kids can involve themselves and um, continue their journey locally where they're comfortable. And then once they're ready to move off into a more elite environment, then um, they're, they're ready. Social skills are ready. You know, football skills are definitely ready. Um, and I'm, I'm definitely guarantee that you'll see more Indigenous kids getting into the national sides. Which would be absolutely amazing um, for our national teams. I think that is a hole which is in Australian football at the moment. But I, as I said, through foundations such as yourself, I think um, these gaps hopefully can uh, can close. In terms of your own personal growth, Bryce, um, I guess what are your ambitions in terms of your own coaching pathway and where do you sort of want to go within the foundation and then obviously possibly beyond the foundation um, in the coming years? Um, so... Like I mentioned, we have been given the opportunity to work through our own sort of coach development. So uh, I've got the B licence coming up in two weeks. Um, so that's been a goal of mine for quite a long time and for having the support that I'm, I've been given um, in my community sort of thing is, is uh, you know, very reassuring and it's and allowing me to, you know, aim for, you know, big goals and everyone needs to be doing that to keep yourself accountable, right, for growth. So... You know, I want to be in, in those sorts of elite um, team environments and you know, I'm a goalkeeper, so, you know, okay. uh, I'm, I'm quite invested in getting into working in with, uh, your, you know, your national team goalkeepers. Um, but definitely that would be my goal is uh, Australia's next big goalkeeper coach. Well, that'd be amazing, mate, especially and obviously it'd be a great um, <laughs> advertisement for the Moriarty Foundation as well. You obviously one day absolutely involved in the national team. We'll see a couple of my kids come through, hopefully. <laughs> that'd, be the, that'd be the dream, man. That's obviously what um that's why I guess foundations such as yourself are, are important to, to be around because um we want kids from there to, to make it all the way if they can. Definitely. Especially if they've got the talent. Well, right, so we're gonna end this interview with five quick questions. Are you right to take them? They're just gonna be short and sharp, and just be a yes and no answer. Yeah. They're going to be all football-based. Um, yeah. You ready to go? Yeah, go for it. All right. So question one, Bryce. As a young footballer, who were some of your heroes or who was, I guess, your number one hero growing up um, as a football player? Uh, Mark Schwartzer. Mark Schwartz, obviously goalkeeper. So I can... Uh, goalkeeper, I can yeah. 2006. Yep. So, yeah. No, that's awesome. I guess moving into the coaching role, though, now that you're more of a coach, is there any coaches or, or coach that you look at and, and sort of, um, I guess, sort of, you know, take some advice or take some um, learn from from afar? Um, I've, I've had uh, an amazing opportunity to, to have conversations with Graham Arnold and, and the way he, you know, deals with the culture within his uh, national team. Um, and that's definitely someone who's... Um, you know, helping me understand what a good coach needs to be doing. Um, but as far as, you know, international level, uh, big fan of um, Mauricio Pochettino. 
Uh, also yeah. being a Tottenham fan, so that's a bit, bit biased. Hey, it was a bit of a hard time once he left. Spurs, mate, you can get over there. <laughs> they're still there looking. Uh, know, <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's turning them down, so I might, I might hey, be able to get over there. CV over. You don't know. <laughs> exactly. It'll be on Gumtree, wouldn't it? Yeah, mate, mate. The way they're going, it could pop up there any time. Um, in terms of when you did make Gumtree, was there one piece of advice? that stood, stood out for you in terms of um, your coaching development? Um, I think the biggest takeaway I did have from him was um, just the way he interacted with each individual player. Um, obviously, we've all had coaches when we're growing up and, and you've got some that stand out and, and some that have been quite... Um, are, we, are we still good? Are we frozen? No, get going. All good. Oh, sorry. Um, yeah, so I think... Understanding that you're coaching a team of individuals, not an individual team. Um, and so, again, reflecting on what we do each and every day in Dubbo alone, we're seeing almost 800 kids a week. And so there's a lot of, lot of kids that I need to be taking in mind to make sure that um, I'm giving them each and every one of them the perfect amount of attention and feedback so that they can develop into um, great footballers, great kids and all that. So, yeah. Definitely working with individuals is a big standout for me. And I guess being involved with the John Murray Foundation, what's been, I guess, the biggest thing you've learnt, um, not only as a coach, but I guess as a, um, I guess as a human being helping these kids, what's been, I guess, the number one thing that you've seen, I guess, growth in your life um, as a coach and as a mentor for these kids? Um, I... <laughs> I've, uh, like I said, I've been with Dub in Dubbo for almost two years. Uh, at the end of last year, just before Christmas, I was lucky enough to go up and succumb in the Borolula hub, uh, where, where we all started, obviously. Um, and that really just switched my, you know, I don't know, really, really made me fall in love with football even more because I've, I've experienced what football does for the likes of the kids out in my area and, and realising, yeah, like there's so many kids like me um, who love football and, and, and just spend so much time with it at their feet. But going up there to seeing uh, how happy and, um, you know, enthusiastic kids are about just having a single ball, you know, the grass isn't mown, we don't don't have any goals, but we've got something to kick around. That really just sort of hit home a bit. And, and you know, after experience, a lot of levels of football from my grassroots into sort of an elite environment in the States, you know, I, I feel like I've sort of become a bit of a, a, a football brat where oh, the balls aren't pumped up enough, you know, oh, my shoes are, <laughs> shoes aren't bright enough, you know. So I think uh, that, that's been the biggest um, influence in my, you know, Ideally, you know, like the way I think about football is just now it is everyone can play football, everyone finds enjoyment out of it and I need to support that as much as possible to hopefully give someone something to smile about where they might may not have that opportunity all the time. So, yeah, it's a big one. It's me a little bit heavy. <laughs> yeah, that's, good. That's, that's good, bro. That's great. And last one, the Euros on at the moment. Who are you tipping to win the European or the Euros 2020? Who do you got? Uh, difficult one uh, Obviously made my predictions a couple of months ago Where I was hoping Portugal will go through <laughs> um, So we'll see how we go But um, I think I think Italy might have a good chance this year That's, to be that's a great They're answer Come out of nowhere No, John knows what's happening <laughs> so You've made him happy, Bryce <laughs> <laughs>
Um, no, well, thank Bryce, we, Dean, and we really thank you for your time on Behind the Lights today. Um, and hopefully one day we might see you uh, all the way at the top coaching that national team and hopefully with a couple of players that you've um, helped develop through the John Moriarty Foundation. So really thank you for coming on today. Thank you. There'll be plenty of the players that may not, may not see me as much. Well, we'll see. I'm sure we'll see you one day, Bryce. So um, keep yeah, doing what you're awesome. doing. You're doing an amazing job with the kids and, and um, hopefully one day we can even come out and um, see what you guys do in action. So um, yeah, thanks, Bryce. Great work. Absolutely. Thanks, guys, for having me. Cheers. Thanks, Bryce.